This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, let me just get this out of the way. I stand with Israel, okay? Uh, It's a car show, but at some point, if a man doesn't stand for something, he'll fall for anything. So, BJ Colleen is here. I just had to get that out of the way, okay? I stand right beside you. Thank you. Thank you. I have actually a little bit of family in Israel, and I have some friends over there, and I will tell you... You know, really, this is a world at war right now. And I think that our weakness has provoked the rest of the world to do all these things they're doing. America is weak right now. And hopefully this next election, that will change. But we are a wackadoodle world right now. And it's it's just sad. You know, it's sad to watch. But, I agree. Uh, we got to get uh, fixed before we start to implode. Yeah, that's there's exactly no, right. There's no other in between. That's for sure. So. It's hard. It's hard to have fun too when when you know that there are people risking their lives right now. And I was about to say I have a friend over there who called and he said two of his cousins were killed protecting their family. And so it's this crazy. is such a serious thing. And I, I wish our president would do something about it. And I just think he's just kind of fumbling around, shuffling around. I heard a joke. You know those vacuum cleaners, those Rombas? Yeah, Rombas. Yeah, Roomba, Roomba, whatever. He says, uh, you know, Biden is kind of like, after he gives a speech, he's like a Roomba. He just kind of goes, (laughs) makes squares. Bounces around. (laughs) Not sure where to go. (laughs) Anyway, all right, I made light of it. Uh, So in the automotive world, I know there's always interesting news and things. What have you got for us, BJ? So we're going to be talking about the Toyota Corolla Cross hybrid in just a little bit. But let's talk about some news like we always do. And one of the news items I'd love to point out, because they just announced it is Subaru of America, is once again going to do their annual Subaru Share the Love event, Mm. which is when you purchase a vehicle or even lease a vehicle at any of the Subaru retailers starting November 16th through January 2nd. They will donate $250 to the choice of charities that they have. And you know it's the ASPCA for Animals, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels America, and the National Park Foundation, as well as over 800 local hometown charities as well. And I just, I absolutely love that Subaru does that. They do it every year. So far to date, they've raised $256 million. Oh and they gosh. hope by, yeah, they hope by the end of this uh, next section it'll be up to about 285 million so for 16 years raising 285 million dollars and you don't have to do anything but just go buy a a subaru vehicle we know that they're just wonderful about that and something i've been supporting since they started if you want to learn more at subaru.com backslash share and we know how great subaru vehicles are right you know what they've been sponsoring the show here for almost i think about 15 years and our commercials are, as you know, we talk about Subaru all the time on the commercials of the radio show, but such a great company. They never complain. They're just, a, you know how people can be, they're just always good. So I'm so thankful that they're a sponsor of this show, especially after hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Gosh, that's cool. Yep. All right. What else? 
Okay, real quickly, you know, electric vehicles, you know how we both feel about them. Yeah. What the newest bad thing is that there's there's not enough technicians to fix all the broken chargers. Apparently, <laughs> there are 4,000 public charging stations with more than 7,000 ports that are out of service as the beginning of this month. And so when you pull up to a station, half of them won't be working, and they can't find technicians. So if you're looking for work and you're not scared of electricity – this might be the job to go into is fixing all those broken chargers. I love so it. So people talk about, I love it too. It's like, oh, the infrastructure, infrastructure, great. Yeah. It doesn't work. So it's just one more thing. I don't, oh, here, you know. here's the right song for this. Let's take a commercial break. Okay. I need somebody. <laughs> not just anybody. I need an electrical repairman. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. VJ Colleen joining us, uh, voice of reason and automotive journalist for many years, my friend. I'm Alan Taylor. We're going to take a little break. This is The Drive. There's more news ahead and a test drive. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Oh, perfect. This is called Moving Violation here on The Drive. The music is so important. BJ Colleen joining us, talking about the news in the auto industry. I think that is so hilarious with, you know, (laughs) these charging stations that are, you know, it's like it's not disappointing enough that there's a line and then half of them are broken or not functioning or not working at all. People are like frustrated it just adds to the reasons why I think that the internal combustion engine is going to be around for a good long time because people are going to get fed up and say, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want the headache. You know, good old gasoline yeah. or diesel works for me, you know? Yeah, they're, they're actually, I forgot what company it was, a, a startup company is working on renewable diesel fuel. Mm. So I don't know if that means that they can pump it. I mean, how do you reuse diesel fuel? But I'm not sure, but they just said it's renewable. So it's, <laughs> I, I haven't know. looked at the information, <laughs> but probably something we'll see at the SEMA show that they'll be talking about. Yeah, but yeah. again, you know, you know, Porsche's working on their uh, synthetic fuel. Yeah, e And we can still do hybrid vehicles, you yeah, know, because right. we don't need to plug those in. Yeah. But well, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, a friend of mine has a mechanic shop, and he uses his waste oil to heat his shop. And so the other day, he retired. He sold his shop, and he comes by, and I go, so how's retirement? He goes, 
Well, I, I the one thing they didn't care about was my reusable um, diesel fuel burning heater thing, and I, so I kept it. And he goes, and I put it in my new shop. He goes, you got any used oil? And I go, are you kidding me? They're like 15 <laughs> one-gallon containers because the, the um, you know, you can take them into the uh, refuse place and give them to him. But so right. he's going around collecting this, you know, old oil, engine oil, any kind of oil, actually. But I was trying to think when you said that, you know, reusable diesel? Renewable. Renewable. Yeah. Oh, renewable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> reusable. Yeah. No, not reusable. No, renewable. <laughs> That's like reusable toilet paper. I don't know that I like that oh, either. No, 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 no. Not in my bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. So. All right, back to the news. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about the strike. And I don't know if you call it a strike, a labor dispute is the best way to put it. And again, you know how I feel. I believe that unions serve a purpose, but I don't like when the boss of the union is lording over everybody. It seems like he's right. making zero concessions, and the manufacturers are. Well, one of the sticking points, and I'm with the manufacturers on this one, is that the UAW wants to control the new battery plants that Ford is putting up to for electric vehicles. Now, first of all, they're not done building them. They haven't started staffing them yet. And they say that you know they have to be competitive because battery plants are incredibly expensive to maintain, to build, because you know all these kind of things you really have to pay attention to, and you have to worry about the health hazards and everything else. You know, so it's like a UAW plant, but who's to say that they're not taking these batteries and selling them to things other than electric vehicles? Maybe they're for wheelchairs. So why would the UAW? have a representative say in how Ford is using their batteries. So it's kind of crazy. Mm. And even Ford said, you know, you don't have a right to tell us what to do with our battery plants. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because GM has agreed to place them under the GM UAW United Auto Workers Master Agreement. But Ford is saying, no, we don't want to do it. So mm. they're kind of like holding their feet over the fire. It's just really, really horrible. It's like, why don't you let them build it? Want you them staff it, see if they're going to give competitive salary ranges. You know, I mean, it's going to get to the point where Ford's just going to say, you know what, we're done with Detroit. Apparently, they're already starting to <laughs> right. shift some production yeah. to Mexico. Well, and, you know, at yeah. some point you can demand too much, but, you know, you make ultimatums and eventually somebody's going to take you up on it. Yeah. So think about that before you start making your demands. So we'll, well see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's I just sad. don't know. It's very sad. And the problem is, it's, it's like we started the show. A lot of this we have caused upon ourselves. And I think that, you know, right now we are, it's kind of a bit of a reckoning. It's not only an American reckoning. It's a worldwide reckoning with foolishness. And yep. um, here we go again, you know, with Detroit right in the middle. Listen, I got a text this morning. I was standing there shaving, looking in the mirror and bing. I looked down and it was the Dodge dealer saying, your demon is done. My Dodge demon, which is the 1,025 horsepower. And right. it's being moved to storage. And I'm like, with shaving cream on my fingers and everything, <laughs> I pick up my phone and I'm like, why are they moving it to storage? And the guy responds immediately. I don't know. I've seen this before. It could be that they don't have certain parts or whatever it is. So I can't wait to talk to some of the other folks that have you know, gotten these messages because something fishy going on, if you know what I mean. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, BJ Colleen going to talk about a uh, newfangled Toyota 
And I got to tell you, a friend of mine came to my house the other day. He's a Porsche guy. And he says, hey, I just got this new Toyota Corolla, three-cylinder, three 300 horsepower. And I'm like, wait a minute. Something's off here. I don't get this. You're a Porsche guy. You bought a Toyota Corolla? We'll talk about one of these cars coming up next. Stay with us. could be pulled out of me. There were drums in the air as she started to dance. soul in the room keeping time with This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd. A day to do something special for all dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Make-A-Dogs-Day. is The Drive with Alan Taylor and BJ Colleen. BJ, I know you're, uh, you've are you been driving a Toyota Corolla of some kind. Cross hybrid. Okay. So here is one of the most odd things. I have a friend, he's, he's pretty wealthy and he's got a, a Porsche GT3 maybe. I don't know. It's like a $175,000. Yeah, that's bucks. a GT3. That's a nice car. Yeah, yeah. very expensive. So he pulls up also in his Ford Raptor that he had just bought. And I'm thinking, this guy's you got some great cars. And then he says, you know what I just bought? I go, no, what did you buy now? He says, I bought a Toyota Corolla. And I went, what? And then he goes, not just any Toyota Corolla. It's a Toyota Corolla GR. And he goes, it's three-cylinder. And I'm looking at him like, okay, somebody has traded my friend here because this is not my friend. <laughs> this is a, what do they call this, a uh, avatar of him. He goes, no, he goes, it's a three-cylinder, 300 horsepower. It's a 1.6-liter three-cylinder. So I'm like, well, I, I don't know what this car is. He goes, look it up. So I, I decided to do that since you're going to look at one. Base car price, 35900 Well, again, we're talking about a Toyota Corolla, but a 300-horsepower little pocket rocket, maybe. Yes. Then they make one that is called the Circuit Edition, which is $42,900, $7,000 more. And then they have the Marizo Edition, $49,000. We're talking fifty dollars $49,900 for a Toyota Corolla. This thing must be <laughs> wild. And for a guy like that well, to buy it, you know? Well, yeah. they're little race cars, and they're, you know, to be out there and have fun with. Yeah. So, but Toyota, wow. they get it. You know, they understand what their audience is like. But well, So what is this right, one now, that you're driving? So I'm driving the Toyota Corolla Cross Hybrid. It's a 2023 model. And basically, it's the Corolla beefed up to look like a little SUV, which is exactly what it is. It's so in a small funny. SUV class. Think Hyundai Kona, yeah. Volkswagen Taos. So that's kind of the, the area it's in. But they come in gas and hybrid models, which is nice. Not plug-in. Strictly a hybrid, you know, where you can drive it and through regenerative braking. Right. You can get some power back in the battery. And they do have a, they have three gas models. And the, the L entry model starts at 23610. There you go. We had the high-end trim, hybrid trim, XSE. Out the door with everything on it was 36694 which bottom line, you know, for vehicle prices nowadays, 36 
six is not a bad price for everything you got because this one was really fully loaded. And this vehicle they are assembling at the new Mazda Toyota plant in Huntsville, Alabama. Brand new facility, which is really nice. And this vehicle was, I mean, it was loaded. It had a moonroof, JBL audio, adaptive headlamps, crossbars, tons of accessories. I was really impressed with this little vehicle. And, you know, I like I like the RAV4, but this one, if you don't need want to spend a little bit more money, this one will suit your needs, anything you need. The exterior was kind of cool. It had an Arctic blast exterior color, which is kind of like a yellow gold. It's something that you will never miss in a parking lot. You will find it instantly. Right. But uh, it looks good on the inside. The interior also is nicely laid out. I think even though the materials are not you know, luxury, they're actually very high quality. They did a nice job. And Toyota, you know me with the entertainment screens, if they don't work, and you know how much I don't like Mazda vehicles and with their entertainment. But this Toyota screen, they really stepped it up. They fixed it up to look nice. Everything is easy to use. Really, really happy with the connectivity system in this vehicle. The power is good. Uh, Two-liter uh, inline four-cylinder dual overhead cam. 196 combined, 139 pound-feet of torque. It's not the pocket rocket that you talked about before, you know, it's not the quickest, but it's more than adequate. It gets uh, you know good fuel economy. I've got 34 with a lot of highway driving. It's a CVT. So the transmission, you know, is just a CVT, nothing special, but it does have different drive modes, different shift modes, which is good. And this one was all wheel drive. And it's nice because it can tow 1500 pounds. And, uh, you know, I think it's for people that are looking for a little small compact SUV, that is going to be easy on their pocketbook, but also good on fuel efficiency. You know, it's it's decent handling. It's not going to obviously burn up any racetracks anywhere, but right. the inside is roomy. You know, I mean, and the engine's a little noisy when you put the pedal to the metal. But the bottom line is it really is a nice little car. The seats are very comfortable. Could use a little bit more thigh support. You know, it's a little bit extend the seat cushions a little bit, but big cup holders, there's a USB-C connector, but the wireless phone charger worked really well. Apple CarPlay is great. It doesn't come with navigation. You have to buy Drive Connect, just like a lot of cars are doing. Right. But when you use Apple CarPlay, the Google Maps or the Apple Maps were great. The JBL audio system is really good. It has a small gas tank. It's about 10.6 gallons, but wow. you can get over 350 miles on it. So, yeah. again, it's a smaller vehicle. You have to think about it. It does have traffic sign recognition, which is kind of cool because you want to know what the miles per hour is. But it also gives you everything else, like like people crossing and stop signs. There's a lot of things popping up if you right. drive in the city. So, Well, what I'm amazes me is weird. here you have vehicles that start, I just looked it up, you know, just over yeah. 20000 bucks, 22000 for the Corolla, you know, the, the basic one. All yep. the way up to fifty grand, and the name Corolla is still there. It's very interesting what Toyota has done with a brand that has got so much trust behind that name, Corolla, because it's been around for a long time, and people yes, just tell is. you, this thing lasts forever. So they're taking that last forever confidence that you have in the Toyota name and the Corolla name, and now they're giving you everything from, you know, just uh, go to work and get back safely and comfortably and good fuel economy to, you know, the pocket rocket like my friend bought. It's very interesting what Toyota is doing with this brand, with this uh, this mark, you might say. All right, BJ, thank you. Thank you. Um, you uh, come to again, once again, with uh, great fun car information. Thank you, thank you. Um, all right, coming up next, Brian Moody from Auto Trader. God knows what he's going to talk about. We'll find out. Stay with us. It is The Drive. Be right back. 
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, join Subaru, our sponsor, in celebrating their fifth annual National Make a Dog's Day on October 22nd, just around the corner. Uh, A day to do something special for dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, uh, has helped make many shelter animals, you know, have new homes. Because without this, what would you do, right? Including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Uh, learn more at Subaru.com slash Day. Uh, Brian Moody joining us from Auto Trader and KBB's executive yes, editor. Sir. Um, so Brian says to me, have you guys talked about the uh, Super Duty strike? And I'm like, no, I, I think I kind of heard a little something, but I kind of, did I lump it in with other strike stuff? But this one, Brian? It's relatively new. And you also feel that it's far more important than I think people are perhaps thinking. Yeah. So give us a little on this. Yeah, this is definitely a ratcheting up. And whereas the strikes before were targeted, and I think the union was trying to be disruptive, but not destructive before. I think it was like, hey, we're serious about this. We want more money, you know, that kind of thing. We want these extra benefits. But now this is the Ford Super Duty plant in Kentucky, which makes three vehicles, the Ford Super Duty pickup alongside the Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator. It employs 8,700 workers. And it looks like this is maybe a point where the the disagreement is becoming sort of contentious because Ford said in a recent call that they were surprised about the Kentucky plant strike. So um, mm. that's one of those things that you say when it's not going well. But here's a few little tidbits just, you know, for the overall negotiation. Ford seems to have reached its limit overall in terms of money. In fact, they may have even gone beyond that. They are willing to move money around, but they're not willing to increase the overall offer. And Ford thought they were making progress, but not so much. Mm. Ford also cited a Wall Street Journal article that said the UAW represents the best paid auto workers in the world. Ford's current offer would widen that gap significantly and put them in the top 25% of all U.S. salary and hourly jobs. Wow. So. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. So that's, you know, that's like them saying, hey, listen, 
we understand how this works, but we all have to be profitable. Otherwise, there's not going to be a company. And right. Ford says they're not going to do a deal that doesn't make sense for them. And for every Ford job, it supplies 11 other jobs, according to the Boston Consulting Group. So as people may or may not know, the way cars are built today is, you know, the engine and the body and the, oftentimes, you know, some of those things are made at the factory, they're assembled, but things like the seats and the wheels and the leather and some of the electronics and some of the, um, you know, those things are designed and built by suppliers right. and then they put them together in one place. And so when you think about it, how much goes into the average new car or truck today? And by the way, these trucks we're talking about, these super duties are often cabin chassis. Those are the things that you I just think I'm not a Ford fan necessarily. But if you look around on the road, just drive down the road and see how many service vehicles are Ford trucks, oh, big ambulances, right. pickups, yeah. tow fire truck. engines, tow or trucks. rescue, EMT. Right. All that tow trucks, yeah. all that kind of stuff, uh, shuttle vans airport vans, like all those things tend to be Fords and a lot of them are super duties. So just think about this, the department of forestry, the utility department, mining and first responders use super duty trucks. So something to keep in mind amidst all that. Well, this is going to kick the fleet business right in the butt because that's what all of that is. The fleet business, yeah. where, you know, and my gosh. So Ford and the Super Duty now, just a day or so ago, have now got a strike problem, which is going to, there's going to be a ripple effect to this. And I yeah. wonder, I just wonder, ugh. you know, I look at we're at a world at war right now, really sadly. And then yeah. we have our own internal yeah. struggles and wars that are going on, whether it be just in business. It's just such bad timing. That's all I can say. Well, listen to this. Um, it, it, this could potentially mean 100,000 jobs across the broader economy just based on super duty. But here's a little tidbit. If super duty was a standalone company, it would generate more revenue than Southwest airlines, Nordstrom or Marriott international. So that just goes to show you how much we're talking about, right? You know how you see these statistics all the time, certain States, I think California, for example, if it were its own country would be like the seventh or eighth largest economy. Well, super duty is like that. There's so many of them sold. They're so useful, and they're just so, I think, grab your dictionary for this one, they're ubiquitous. I had to put that in. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Alan. I, just right. had to I don't know what it means, but word it of, sounds so good. Word, <laughs> word of the day. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so here's my question, though, Brian. Who is going to be the benefactor of this Ford strike for the Super Duty trucks? It can't be Dodge or Chevrolet, General Motors. It just can't be. You know, a tactic could be, and I'm saying this off the top of my head, I have no inside knowledge, but a tactic could be for a competitor to say, you know what, let's make a less advantageous deal so that we can get it done and start making trucks and cars while the other guys are still negotiating. Right. I don't think that's wise because it's a short game with a long term, most likely loss. And so these companies, they're not stupid. They've done the math. But yeah. and every time you see something about a car company or a new car, well, why don't they, or how come they stopped making or, or why don't they offer? The answer is always the same math. They did the math. The reason that they can offer a hundred thousand mile warranty is because they did the math. 
they tested and they know the failure rate of your water pump and your transmission and your oil pan gasket. And they know that if they offer a 100,000 mile warranty, they're likely to incur this much cost over the next 10 years, but they get this much cost out of the marketing value of it and will sell more cars. So they're not just walking into this blindly. They've done the math. They know what they can afford. They know what the future most likely looks like. But one thing automakers don't like is uncertainty. So they want to manage the future as best as possible. And I think that in this particular case, the union is looking at one of their most profitable and best-selling things and saying, let's go after that. Maybe that will get us somewhere. Mm. You know, it's tough all around because likely what's going to come next is layoffs, of course. Right, right. Well, who wins there? And the problem is, is here we are. I keep coming back to what we're watching on the news play out right now with this thing in Israel and the other thing in Ukraine. And here we are, a house divided within ourselves, even in business lately with the auto industry. When the auto industry, transportation gets involved, um, yeah. yeah, united we stand, divided we fall. It, it, there's just so much division in this world right now. Good Lord, Brian. It's a good yeah. thing for Auto Trader where people can go and find out what their vehicles are worth with KBB and find used or sell their vehicles and all that. See, I'm trying to do a commercial for you. God, I'm trying to save myself here. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, autotrader.com, you can find Brian Moody. There's a, a, a lot there. He's the editor-in-chief, or the uh, executive editor. Oh, I just gave you a raise on top of everything. We'll take a break. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's spiraling. Gold leader, I can't shake him. <laughs> we'll be right back. never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Ah, I wish I had better news for people out there. Things are just not shiny right now. They're not pretty. Uh, And here comes winter, so it's going to get dark and cold on top of everything else. (laughs) Enjoy the sun if you've got it in your state right now. Uh, Brian Moody is here, executive editor of Auto Trader, KBB, does a lot of stuff, Kelly Blue Book. Uh, Brian tells me a little in my ear during the commercial break, uh, some more news. It was, you know, just to show when you, when these companies strike, it has such a ripple effect. What was that, Brian? Just, just share it with the world. Kentucky, the Kentucky plant we're talking about for Ford employs 12,000 people and contributes $12 billion to the local economy. Cool. More than 600 suppliers feed into that plant, 600 different companies and suppliers. Roughly 10% of dealer sales come from Super Duty and more than 20% of Lincoln sales are navigators. And when it comes to these trucks, these oftentimes cabin chassis or fleet and utility vehicles, right. 60% of ambulances and first responder vehicles are Ford Super Duty. Right. I mean, it sounds like a commercial, and maybe it should be because they're all over the place. To their this credit. Just to give, yeah. yes, to their credit, but this gives a, a little inkling as to an impact And yes, you could argue, well, what effect do fleet sales have on the average person? None right away, but you know what's going to happen when these companies need trucks and they can't find the new ones that they want, guess where they're going to go looking? 
for lightly used trucks. And then what happens? The prices go up. Well, and I hate to say this, and please, you know, I wish I didn't have to say it, but there are some, you know, other options out there with the Asian automakers, you know. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're either smiling ear to ear right now or they're, they're doing the same thing the rest of the world is doing going, ugly. This is just not getting right. any better, you know. You're exactly right. But there's a reason why Nissan is killing the Titan. I mean, there's a reason why that's not going to survive. Toyota has some very good trucks, but it's a big difference selling consumer trucks to people who are contractors and, you know, maybe weekend warriors and stuff. That's a whole different business than selling cabin chassis and super duties that are relied upon by fire departments, electric right. companies, yeah. Yeah. and EMTs and first responders. Like that's a whole different, right. you know, just think about every time you go to a, a big city and you see one of those police vans that transport a lot of, a lot of um, cops from one place to another, like if there's a big riot or there's a big, right. you know, something at the bridge, those are always Ford vans. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. those transits and the super duties and all that, like it's a big difference between selling Toyota pictures. And surely people will go and say, you know what, maybe I should look at Toyota because they have some pretty good full-size pickups. But that's a whole other business versus these a mining company buying an F450 that they use for pulling things out of the mine. That's a whole different ballgame. But you're right. Some people, if you're shopping for a new truck, maybe go and look at the Nissan Titan or the Toyota Tundra. Right. Well, and you just told me something that I kind of had heard. When are they going to be doing away with the Nissan Titan, which is their full-size truck? Uh, I don't know the exact date. I would coming think along. that you'd be able to get one through 2024, but yeah. it's, that date is coming. It's not going to continue indefinitely. Mm, that is wild. That is so wild. Well, and then I wonder, you know, is there going to be retaliation? In other words, okay, we're going to pay your number, but then we're going to shift everything to Mexico or Canada. You know, because it's like, look, this is a bad relationship stuff going on right now. But the auto, I don't think that will happen. Here's what I think could happen. And I don't just mean automotive companies. I think many manufacturing companies could be looking at Detroit based companies and say, you know what? That's not going to work for us. Let's go to the South and mimic the models that we have from Kia or BMW in Alabama, you know, Volvo in South Carolina, those are union free shops. So oh, I think that's more likely than what you're laying out is definitely possible. Yeah. But I think it's more likely for the short term. It would be like, you know what, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, South Carolina, North Carolina, these are all places that I think even Ohio, all places that have robust manufacturing infrastructure. And I think some companies could be looking at that instead of some of the northeast sector place that's been the traditional home of manufacturing yeah well and then some of these states will start to offer incentives to build these you know multi-billion dollar assembly plants and it's going to be it's going to be so easy for the automakers just to sign on the dotted line to agree to moving they're, you know, they're manufacturing plants to these states that are offering these incredible incentives that will help them to be able to make profits again, because it's, right. that's, the, that's why they do business to make profit, right? 
Well, that's, nice. that's what that's what Ford is saying is that like, hey, listen, we can only go so far. We have to also be beholden to our shareholders right. and continue to be profitable at some for point decades into the future. Exactly. Gosh, this is just a really, really unfortunate time in history. I think for so many reasons, you know. Goodness. Yeah, I think this is the turn where. It went from, ah, it'll go away pretty quick to, okay, maybe now we should be paying more attention. Exactly. Um, Autotrader.com, KBB.com, executive editor Brian Moody is going to be back. One more segment. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Brian Moody's here, executive editor, autotrader.com, kbb.com. Kelly Blue Book, we're, well, we used to call it the Bible of the industry to find out what your vehicle's worth. Nowadays, people do a lot of cross-referencing to see in their area, in their region, what things are selling for. And then you get the KBB value, the guide of what it's worth. And you go, hey, wow, in my area, this thing's selling for a lot more. So that's how I do it. I always cross-reference the two. But, Brian, you know, I think you're right about all these strikes and everything, and especially over at the uh, Ford Heavy Duty plant. It's going to make pickup trucks even go higher used ones. And I'm I'm blown away. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. And here... Used trucks are so expensive for used trucks. I think to myself, well, I could buy that brand new. No, you can't because you can't get one. And guess what? They aren't that cheap anymore because of inflation and the recession and the price of um, interest rates is up. And it's like all it's like a terrible, a perfect storm right now for yeah for all this you know but anyway let's and talk I noticed about in, in certain parts of the country and the pacific northwest is one of those the south is one of those too you see these trucks that are now starting to become somewhat collectible like say the round looking chevy gmc ck vehicles yeah and people are still using those they're like hey i'll give you 10 grand for your truck no i can't sell my truck i'm using it every day right so they're still work trucks from the 90s they're still yeah it still works every day they're like yeah. i can't sell this for 10 grand i i gotta I had to use it every day. Right. What, how can I replace it? And that's the biggest thing. Exactly. So what is going on with the price of used vehicles right now? So Kelly Blue Book just released its average transaction price for new vehicles for September. The average transaction price for a new vehicle in September of 2023 was $47,899. That's a 0.7 decline year over year, but it's also a 3.4% 
decline from January. Okay, so this as is new vehicles continue to increase. New vehicles, gotcha. But new vehicles, yeah. So with the strikes, with the fact that just last Sunday the war in Israel broke out, with the Ukraine, with all of these things, this could be a little dip and up it goes again. What do you think? It could. Uh, when there's wars, I'm uncertain of the connection between those and car prices. I think people sometimes try to make the connection because they want, you know, there's this theory where people just can't understand when things happen randomly. So right, they right. try to blame blame. I don't know that there's a connection there, but at least for now, there's relatively good news in that the prices are down slightly. Now they're not back to pre pandemic levels at all. Right. Once we get into these 3%, 2%, 0.7%, still pretty high. It's still, we're talking about basically the average price of a new car is essentially $48,000. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, the one thing that's actually down quite a bit is the price of electric cars. There <laughs> seems to be plenty of inventory of electric cars. <laughs> Tesla price cuts have continued to move the market down. Oh my. And at this point, you may be looking at the average price of an electric car being just a little over the average price of, of any typical car. So for a person who wants to buy an electric car and you can make that work with charging it up on your own property, now might be the time to go look at that because I think if people drove them, they'd like them. That doesn't address all the other problems that there are with electric cars, but just as a thing, as a product, the Kia EV6, the Hyundai Ioniq 6, and many of those, the Volvo, they're just good. They're yeah. just good cars, you know, like they function properly. But if that's you and you can make that work, you might want to go check one out. So you and I have had many discussions as well as BJ and Carl and uh, Lauren and all the folks that are on this show. We yeah. don't hate electric vehicles. It's not that we hate. I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with them. They're fine cars. What we do not yeah. like is when they start threatening us with these dates that are just a little bit out there where, oh, they're not going to allow electric, you know, anything but electric in, in cities. And you're not going to be able to own a, an internal combustion uh, ice, internal combustion engine car anymore. I have a prediction. Yes. Okay, here's my prediction. Okay. By this time next year, yeah. if we're talking this time next year, every domestic automaker will have rolled back their electric vehicle percentages, <laughs> and many state yep. governments will also be yep. relaxing their goals and coming up with, well, we said our intention was to do that. They'll say political words like that. Yes. We didn't say we had to do it. We said our intention was to have right. um, more realistic goals as something like Honda saying, hey, our goal is to have 50% hybrid and 50% other. That's more realistic. Right. And I bet you more automakers are going to start doing that into 2024. Yeah. But we'll see if a year from now, remind me and say, oh, you know what? You were wrong, dude. <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to be wrong. Uh, no, I, I think, think you're think 100% wrong. right. And I think it's unfair that you're making a prediction with all of these bits of data right now that makes it a little easier to make that prediction because because <laughs> yeah, you know that they can't push us any harder than they already have and it's backfiring right. on them brian yeah, moody yeah, people are resisting that's right yeah. thank you very much appreciate your honesty yep, always you. uh autotrader.com and kelly blue book kbb.com it is the drive there's another hour to go stay with us This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd, a day to do something special for all dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, 
has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Day. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Welcome to hour two of our show. It is The Drive, and joining us now is George Kennedy III. He is the co-founder of Cartender.com, vice president also of the New England Motor Press Association. He's a boater. He's actually in the marina right now because he and I share that. He contributes to U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes on Wheels, and of course, right here on The Drive. Thank you, George. You know, just a little bit bit envious. I think I hear water in the background. Do I hear the ocean? Is that what I hear? That was my water bottle. I promise I wasn't doing that for effect. Uh, But if it's making you jealous, I can keep doing it. Right. I'm just, my boat, I'm getting my boat ready to take out to the ocean right now, as a matter of fact. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm at the marina because we're, uh, you know, New England weather. It's unpredictable. Yeah. We thought it was going to be rainy today. Saw last minute it's going to be nice. So, just, you know, we're just going to take the sailboat out this afternoon. Oh, good for you. I would be flying by you in my uh, my fishing boat trying to yeah, make waves. But I, <laughs> I spend all season and fuel what you spend maybe in three hours in a weekend. Let me just tell you that my, my fill-up, I got some uh, clear fuel, I was telling somebody else, was $6 a gallon, and it was like, I think, 80 gallons. You know, do the math. And I didn't, my tank is 80 gallons, so I didn't fill it up, but it was 400 bucks for what I did put in there. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, you know, I get your point about sailboats. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just a fallback, the, uh, the motor there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so you, I saw on Facebook that you have been driving something that looks like it's out of the movie Back to the Future. What, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> That is the, uh, the 2023 Mercedes EQS SUV. It's their electric equivalent, if you will, to the, the GLS or going to be their range-topping electric SUV. And if you're noticing that crazy interior with all the, the neon and stuff, that's become sort of a signature of their high-end sedans and SUVs. So, yeah, it's a really beautiful interior. It looked to me like... That was a fake photo that you posted. Was that fake or did you do that? That was real. There was no doctoring to that. And it's interesting that they are able to put, because if you notice, there were sort of two tiers of like LED piping that went through the cabin. Right. And of course, one of the gimmicks is that you can customize the lighting of each tier individually. So if you want a little blue, a little bit of purple, you can do that. And then, you know, they tie it into sort of some of the car's features. So when you turn up the climate control, if you turn it up, the zone in which you are controlling, those lights just sort of cascade red for a moment. Or if you turn it down, they cascade blue for a moment. So adding some some fun features to the car. So now for those who are in the theater of the mind radio and cannot see it, how big is this Mercedes-Benz EQS SUV that's all electric? 
Sure. So I would say, even though it's sort of supposed to be their, their range-topping flagship electric SUV, I would say it's closer in footprint to a GLE. So they're midsize, but right. they've really stretched it so that cargo space is not the not a huge priority. It's the it's the passenger space of that two rows of seating. Are you warming up to electric cars anymore? Because you and I, I think, shared somewhat of a full on hatred of electric cars too. That was me. And then you were like, I never oh. have, yeah, don't put words in my mouth, man. I I had a full on hatred for you know, basically for anybody who is too far extreme either one way or the other. Right? Yeah. There's a nuanced answer to this where that certain cars are right for certain people. If you are a EV evangelist, if you are gung ho Tesla, you know, good for you. But that also doesn't mean that everybody should drive an electric car. Conversely, you know, if you're driving a 40-foot horse trailer from Montana to Texas, that's great. That's a niche use that just because an electric car doesn't work for you doesn't mean that it is never going to work for anybody again. Listen, after learning what I just learned from Brian Moody about the tires the, 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 the tires on electric cars last typically 20% less. Everything about these things just keeps getting, yeah. to me, worse. If you, if you have it in your head that you don't like electric cars, you are going to find every little uh, thing to nitpick. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. But like they're saying, uh, you can go your own way, right? <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, I can't say he's my best friend, but uh, this is called best friend anyway. George Kennedy, you're a good friend. How's that? How about sparring partner? Sparring partner. There you go. Um, You know what's funny is my best friend, we aren't even best friends. Actually, I think we're best friends that hate each other. Uh, And maybe that's because... Yeah, friend of me. Yeah. Because he was the best man at my wedding, and I was the best man at his wedding, and we've known each other since we were like 13 years old, which is like coming up. Well, for me, it's 50 years because this is my birthday week. So, um, ah, happy birthday! Yeah, happy yeah. birthday! I like how you threw that in there. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm trying to get some presents from somebody. All I got so far <laughs> is fudge, so it makes me fatter. 
But anyway, um, he and I, it's like, honestly, I probably have more fun with you than him. But I have to call him my best friend because he calls me his best friend. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm my best friend. But no, he's really not my best friend. I kind of hate him. But anyway, <laughs> I would never say that to his face because we have kind of a, a marriage of best friend relationship stuff. You know, it's not like we're on the radio or anything. And he could, he, could he never that. he wouldn't listen to this show if it was the last show on earth. What are you kidding? <laughs> if he was dying and he could live for listening to this show, he'd go. I'm dying. Sorry. <laughs> Next time you see him, you should snag his phone and download a few episodes. You know, that, that reminds me of the guy that got bit in the crotch by a snake. And they were his, it was a friend, you know, they were out. And he calls the doctor and he says, what do I do? He says, you have to, you have to cut a, a oh, little. No. Yeah, you have to cut a little slice where you got bit and you have to suck the blood out. And his friend looks at his friend that got bit. And he said, what did the doctor say? And the doctor, he says, the doctor says you're going to die. <laughs> so yeah that's kind of my friend he wouldn't listen to the show if he was going to live and so i basically tell him yeah don't listen to the show because you'll die if you do because you'll hear that i really hate your guts but anyway <laughs> all right so sparring partner back to the electric mercedes eqs suv first of all how much is this thing just curious Okay, so just to give you a little, little oh, sense of the range here. It here. So yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. Go ahead. There are three tiers. Uh, uh, the base model is $104,000. Oh, the base model is 100 Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The EQS 580 that we drove, or the EQS 580, the most powerful model, is 126 oh, And God. our test model was $129,000. Oh, wow. That's cheap in comparison to the middle range. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, think about it this way. The Mercedes S-Class, so even, you know, there's the EQS sedan, the EQS SUV. Both of them could arguably be cross-shocked against the conventionally powered S-Class. And that's easily a six-figure car when you, when you option it the right way. Mm. You know, it's funny. I, I can see why the automakers don't like me anymore. I guess I got to the point when I hit about 60 where I just started being blatantly honest about my, my ideas and things. It's a wonderful place to be because I just don't give a crap anymore, you know? And so it's like... I think what you're, descri I think what you're describing is senility. <laughs> no, no, no. It's called honesty, you know? And here's the best part. I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like, and there's not a whole lot of in-between. And I am not a big electric car guy unless... I think you have so much money that you can have an electric car like you have a golf cart just for going down to get your mail, you know? Because to me, it's like I don't want to have the anxiety. I just don't want to have the anxiety. Where am I going to? Yes, I know. We've been talking about it on the show for the last month or so about Elon Musk is going to start sharing his, you know, Superstation plug-in things. It doesn't matter. I just want to be able to get gas at any little crummy gas station or big gas station, you know, Shell or Chevron or whoever it's going to be. I don't want to have to go and find a thing and then wait for an hour or whatever it is to, to fill up my electric tank, you might it's say. Not, it's not an hour. Come I will on. Say this, what, yeah. So you live in a more remote area with, with your tractors and your cows and all that fun stuff. <laughs> I live... In a civilized society called New England, all right? Yeah. And there, the network for charging <laughs> is far more robust here. And the cars like this 
have something called DC fast charging. That allows you to charge on a particular car like this from 10% to 80% in just 30 minutes. So forget the whole 30 minute part. If you need to get home where you're, where you're likely going to have a level two charger that you can charge overnight, you can add a hundred miles in something yeah. like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. See, if you were smart, you would have listened to the first part of the show and you would have heard about uh, BJ saying these gigantic fast chargers. You know, you live in a part of the country where it rains and snows all the time. I don't want to be dealing with electricity when it's raining out. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. We're going to argue some more on the other side. My sparring partner is on the show today, George Kennedy III. We'll be right back. never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor. Choose your weapon, sir. I like gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles. My friend George Kennedy evidently is leaning the other way these days. Let's let's clear that up. <laughs> yeah, I, love gas I happen to be brand agnostic and propulsion agnostic. All right, propulsion agnostic. That's what he said. If it if it can if you give me a car if they make an affordable like Subaru BRZ Miata thing that was electric like a you know an affordable Tesla Roadster again that's a cool car right? Mm. I didn't agree. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's your show, man. You can do whatever you want. No, I'm I'm just playing with you. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I just need to hear an engine, and even when they synthesize these electric vehicles, they give a, a artificial sound to it. It just messes with my head, and I don't want to have it mess with my head. I went to Verizon, by the way. Hold on. Let me just tell you my story. Okay. All right. I went into Verizon today because my phone had a problem. So I I go into Verizon, and I waited one hour for this arrogant jerk to tell me that I had to call the 800 number. There was nothing he could do for me. So I stood around that store till it was my turn for one hour, and then in two minutes flat— he said, "Ah, oh, there's nothing you can do. You, you know, you, your phone's under warranty, but you're going to have to call and get a warranty thing. And I thought, well, you know, this is where they, this is the service that I pay, Verizon, you know? So Verizon, if you're listening, ay yeah, yeah, you got to fix these stores. Anyway, that's why Apple has the genius bar where there's a genius there. This guy was the opposite of a genius, an idiot. But anyway, the point is that I feel like, like I'm being... You know, the feeling that I felt, George, when I was in there waiting for that hour, that's the, the, the angst I feel when I'm driving an electric car when I start getting down to where I need to get electricity and I don't know where the hell. I mean, look, you go on a trip. You don't know where you got to find it. You got to put it in the nav or maybe the car's programmed to show you where it is. I don't want all that. I just want to get gas. 
this. I just want to pull it. Let's let's take these. Let's take your little grievances one one thing at a time. The first thing is the fact that the sound of the motor. If it was a muscle car, absolutely. But think about the type of car that we're driving in the the EQS. It's meant to be for somebody who owns a Mercedes S-Class, a car that Mercedes has spent countless resources you know, with sound deadening and muffling and making it as quiet and comfortable as possible. In reality, with the S-Class, what they're doing is, is basically the ride of, a, of an electric car, which is silent and smooth. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going for for a car mm-hmm. like this. All okay? right. Uh, hold on, hold on. You, point, counterpoint. Yeah, yeah. To your point, they spend an incredible amount of resources making them quiet and smooth until you hammer down on that throttle and then it opens up these valves that open up noise that you can hear because when you pass somebody you don't want silent power you want to hear those horses those ponies screaming out the tailpipe am i am i telling Some the truth people do this, enthusiasts do but if you're if you're a luxury buyer and you're just like this is getting me to my executive job driving this daisy a good chance you might not care yeah, right and you just want it to be quiet so you can listen to CNBC or whatever, oh, or MSNBC. Yeah, right, right. Or, uh, you nailed it. Bloomberg. <laughs> All right. You just told your story right there, MSNBC. Okay, let me just not pick on you. <laughs> the thing is, don't you believe that the sales of these machines are going to be the proof in the pudding? And I don't see the sales of electric cars... I just don't see them what, you know, the auto manufacturer I, I agree, I agree wants. They want so to sell cars. I agree cars. with you to this point yeah. that if from, from our vantage point as journalists who have been reviewing new cars and have access to the industry and see every new vehicle launch, it seems like a lot. If you were just to look at what cars we've driven this year, it seems like half the market's going to be electric next year. That's not the case. It's not. What the automakers see is that, yes, it, it was 1% that jumped to 2 2 to 4 and then it's up to 6% of the market, I believe, this year. It's growing at a, at a pace at which each automaker sees an opportunity there, and they want to have a model, an offering, that will be able to try and scoop up maybe a former Tesla shopper or somebody trying to get into an EV for the first time. And, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's going to be overnight flip the switch, but that's good if, if, if the thing you care about is making sure that there are available chargers so you can charge up if we were to jump to 25 percent of the industry tomorrow everybody would be backed up at a charger waiting but the growth of this segment is commensurate with the growth of how many chargers are being installed so supply is meeting demand yeah i get it but i don't ever think that in my lifetime and yes i'm in my early 60s now but I don't think that we'll ever see more than 20% of electric vehicles. I just don't. Well, you, you might be right because, like we said, like oh, for a lot of homes, it's going to be a two-car solution. Like with your yeah. your situation about going on a road trip, you know, your, your commuter car where you drive 20 miles a day back and forth to the office, and that's becoming less and less of a thing, is your daily driver. And for a longer road trip vehicle, you have a plug-in hybrid or a hybrid or a conventionally powered vehicle. If you have to tow... You would have a conventionally powered vehicle because uh, range goes down significantly when you put something on the hedge. You are a good debater. Yes, I would even mm. I would even <laughs> maybe even give you a master's degree in debating. Um, we're going to be right back with George Kennedy, the uh, master of uh, arguing with Alan. There you go. 
We'll be right back. It's The Drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, my friend who is uh, who is a brave man to step into the arena of debating the uh, qualities of electric cars versus internal combustion engines, um, has, George Kennedy has uh, convinced me that we should just get back to talking about this Wonderful $129,000 test car that he has. The Mercedes-Benz EQS SUV. George, I admire your guts for uh, getting in the ring with a guy that has no scruples when it comes to fighting. I, I just enjoy debating with anybody who has their mind you know, fully made up on whether or not they want a gas-powered electric vehicle. Because... There's so much nuance to it, and I can I just I like I have a field day with it. Uh, I just think when the uh, power goes out, don't start with me again. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two drunken sailors is what it boils down to. All right. So other than the fact that this is a hundred and twenty nine thousand dollar Mercedes Benz uh, all electric SUV, give us a little bit about the drivability of it. Did it drive nice? I mean, are you, did you were you impressed? What's the story? Uh, it was it was incredibly smooth. It, like I said, the thing to think about is how it equates to the Mercedes S Class sedan. That is its closest conventionally powered analog. And what both of those vehicles have is incredibly smooth and powerful acceleration. So just a confident swell. So our our upgraded EQS 580 model has a zero to sixty time of four and a half seconds, and you feel, yes, you feel the heft in the corners for sure. So it comes standard with a, an adaptive air suspension in comfort mode. When you go around a corner, there's definitely some body lean to it, but one click over in a sport mode and that adaptive suspension really sits down. It handles like a far more composed vehicle and you get a little more acceleration out of it. The real treat though is sitting behind the wheel because like I said, compared to an S class, one of the most lavish cars on the market in this, has that same extremely high quality interior, world-class interior, world-class craftsmanship, incredible Burmester sound system, very crisp. And one of my favorite features, massaging seats with like eight different types of massages in it. If you're on the road too long, it'll tell you like, hey, 
you need a uh, an energizing massage, and it'll it'll put on like a, some kind of whoosh music, and the massage <laughs> will kick in, and it'll supposed to refresh you for a longer drive. Oh boy. I'm sure it's wonderful. I have a, a Mercedes-Benz SL500 right now that I bought at Barrett-Jackson two years ago. And in, cool. two, in two years, I've never driven this thing, you know, without having something go wrong. And this is a 2004 model. And I just can't, I can't wait to buy one of these Mercedes in 10 or 15 years that nobody can fix. And that's that's sadly to say, because there's a lack of auto technicians already out in the world, and I, I factor all this stuff in there. So when I already own something that you know you buy one little black box for two hundred and eighty three dollars, otherwise the top won't go down, and then you have to buy shock absorbers for the air suspension that are three thousand dollars. And then you got you got to have a technician, a Mercedes technician, put them in. So the more complex these cars get, the more they scare the hell out of me. And you know what? I don't care if Mercedes Benz doesn't like my opinion or not. That's my opinion. I feel like that we have gotten too far down this rabbit hole with technology, and we are outsmarting ourselves. We should be able to actually work on our own cars somewhat and it, it's completely impossible at this stage of humanity you know what I'm and saying? i think I, I agree with you but i also say that has little to do with gas first electric because an s-class has dozens of subs right no no i get it it's, along, i get it I get along it. with the complexity of an internal combustion engine yeah right so it's not a gas ev thing i agree with you that i wish that modern cars were more so but if that's the case then you should go buy a Subaru BRZ or Toyota 86. Now I'll agree with you on that. I will agree with you on that. I will agree with you on that. Right? Not not a Mercedes SL with a power tractable hardtop. I am, (laughs) I know. I have two of them, by the way, because people are selling them cheap. Anyway, uh, George, I always appreciate your perspiration when I'm arguing with you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, your perspective. Did I say perspiration? Yes, I did. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, uh, always a pleasure or, or something similar to that. <laughs> George, uh, thanks to Mercedes-Benz for letting George drive the EQS SUV Mercedes-Benz. They would never let me do it because uh, they're going to hate me after this particular show. I don't care. Thank you, George. We'll be right back, everybody. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Join Subaru in celebrating their fifth annual National Make-A-Dogs Day on October 22nd, a day to do something special for all dogs. This day, combined with the Subaru Loves Pets initiative, has helped many shelter animals find loving homes, including hard-to-adopt underdogs. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Make-A-Dogs-Day. Well, it's now time to hear from my buddy Josh Hancock. He is our Hollywood car consultant. He is the guy that matches the car with the character in all things film and television. And uh, directly from Hollywood, here he is, JoshCar.com. Josh, what's going on in Hollywood there, buddy? 
Wow, I just am not used to such a nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all, it is my yeah. birth it's my birthday, so I'm being nice. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a holiday nationally. The banks are closed. Um, because it's your birthday. Oh too funny. So, yes. Well, of course we're in the middle of a writer's strike. So that is affecting production dramatically. And so can I you know ask, what, first people, of all, first of all, before you go, what does that mean? No questions at this L- time. Now, listen, I'm asking a question. What does that mean? I get it. There's a writer's strike. But do they not have scripts that they can work from and just, you know, change directions and say, all right, well, well they can't write anything new, but we've got, you know, like 27 scripts in the drawer. Let's just do something we've got. I'm just curious. So, so they do. They do have some that are already developed. But, you know, during the process when you make film or television, the writers, especially in TV, the writers are right there for quick changes. And, and the other thing is the other unions honor their strike. So oh. the actors won't show up. The Directors Guild actually just settled. Oh, so literally, it's if if one group is on strike, it's a ripple effect that nobody else will do anything. That is correct. Okay, and see, now it makes sense. I didn't know that. Go ahead, yes. And if the Teamsters are respecting the strike, nothing moves. Mm, okay, gotcha. So I, that's the yeah. way it works. See, because I thought to myself... Yeah. Well, okay, the writers are on strike, and I get that, and they'll work their stuff out. But can't everybody just keep on going? And and now you're saying, no, it is a ripple effect. Okay, got it. And the other thing is, you know, late-night talk shows are the biggest example of what gets written every week, right? You can't make the show without the writers. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. All right, so I I, I blocked you okay. from continuing on from there. Did you forget your train of thought and and like I, like I, normal? I did not. I'm not. Oh, okay. I don't. <laughs> it's not my birthday. I haven't gotten that old yet. Um, I'm on my ninth cupcake. So but go I ahead. Would, yeah. I was just gonna say it. You know, and here again, we talk about the effect that sometimes film and television have on the buying public because people see something. And they go and Google it, and maybe they want it because they've seen it. Right. So the new Barbie movie has a pink Corvette in it, and I'm pretty sure it's a 58 or a 59. All right. And it's all pink. It's pink inside. It's pink outside. So this story was in Autoblog, and then they also quoted, I think, Google that the search for pink Corvette went up 450% oh my God. since the trailer played. And then I know somebody in Hollywood that's already been approached and they want to duplicate the car. They want everything pink. And if you look at the car, it's like every element is pink. It would be a pain to do it. Yeah. Well, um, let me and, just, first of you know, all, I'm not going to ever see the movie, so maybe you could send me a picture of the car, because that is one movie I will never go look at. Anyway, but go ahead. 
Okay. <laughs> it's about a doll. I, yeah, I, exactly, and I'm not going to go see you're, that. You're going to be going to these movies soon with your grandchildren. <laughs> no, so I'm, I won't let them. Never. I'm telling you they're grounded from that movie, period. Anyway, go ahead. What is wrong with that movie? Is there some problem with I, it? You know what? I just, it's just cornball. I just, you know, come on. Let's have some death and killing, well, all right? Where's all the shoot well, up you, you know, kind of stuff? Have you <laughs> checked your joke book lately? Stop because it. It's from the like, <laughs> cornball edition 1956, for God's sake. Oh, my God. Um, uh, so, <laughs> along those lines, I find it interesting also that there have been a few shows greenlit with celebrities doing car shows, one being Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, what's going on there? So he, it turns out that, you know, as he went along and became successful, as a lot of people do that start making money, he's a car guy. So he started collecting cars. And now, and I haven't seen the show yet. It did debut this week, but I was traveling and missed it. I think what he's doing is he's turning everything electric. Oh, boy. So- <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Man just shot himself in the iron foot. Oh, man. I knew you'd be delighted. You know, literally, Barbie movie and electric everything from Iron Man. That's great. That's just great. Well, the thing is, I, you, know, you know, people think they're doing the environment a favor by converting something to electricity, and I don't think it's true. I no. think if you leave it alone, if you, because I saw in a picture like a 67 Corvette convertible, and I thought, wow, what it takes to convert that car to electricity oh. at this particular moment in time is a lot of net energy. It takes a lot of energy to convert that car. And of course, it turns it into a very different thing that it was never meant to be. Well, and I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but you know me. I like to believe a little bit. I did (laughs) see a real video of a, I'm not going to name the brand because I'm not sure what it was because it was kind of horrifying. And I I only saw the video once and then I got a phone call and then I couldn't find it again. So something electric and it was in, it was in China. China. I saw the same video with the, 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 video. with the flame. And then the guy jumps out with a little kid in his arms. Did you see, is that the one you're talking about? No. Okay. I so what happened was you see a flame. It's like a, somebody's camera in a car behind them. There's like a flame inside yeah. the car. Like the battery exploded inside the car. Flame comes out the window. Wow. All of a sudden the door opens up and there's another flame comes out the window and then somehow a guy jumps out with a, a baby in one arm, holding him, holding the baby with his arm running out of the car. And how he is not on fire, I don't know. But I am wow. still looking at these things going, you know what? Way too much of this going on. And, of course, it was in China. So we're talking about a world view because, you know, if you expand your search to the entire world, you're going to see that many more things going weird. But, yeah, I just well, electric is, is not uh, my thing. It, it is the number one market in the world for electric cars. Well, there you go. And there's all kinds of weird stuff going on over there. With You never know who's making weird, 
Yeah, what? So I got to take a break. This is interesting because I thought you were going to tell me about a video that I just saw that is staggering. They have got 10,000 brand new electric cars that are just rotting on some island. Oh, tell me more about it on the other side. And you know, I'll tell you, here's another one. You can't buy right now any of the diesels. Uh, my friends are trying to buy a couple of diesels from Ram and Jeep. And yeah. they can't sell them right now because there's like a recall and they can't fix it. So kind of a bummer. So there's, yes. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, lots of strange things. Anyway, news from Hollywood, Josh Hancock, joshcar.com. I'll be right back and finish up with him. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru, featuring the 2024 Outback Wilderness. Part of the Wilderness family with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, a turbocharged engine, and all-terrain tires. Discover Subaru Outback Wilderness at Subaru.com slash guess what? Wilderness. Josh Hancock joining us. He's out in the wilderness somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, you were saying that there was a bunch of cars on an island somewhere. What was that about? So, so that is that the Chinese government is subsidizing their electric car industry to be number one in the world. So these people take the money, build the cars so they can get the numbers and get more money, but they don't ever sell the cars. And it turns what? out that they have ditched 10,000. What? Yeah. Well, you know, the U.S. is one of the only places in the world where our auto industry is basically not subsidized like it is in Europe and China and India. Those countries all get help from their governments. And China's is ridiculous. And they want to be number one. And uh, so it's something that's happening. I'll send you the video. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So you also said you had some other news from Hollywood. Anything else going on over there? Oh, it was a Tesla charging station stuff. No, what were you going to I was going to talk about the fact that we've had all this news. First, Tesla agreed to share their charging right. with And he said he was doing it because Ford didn't take bailout money in 2009, which I thought, well, that's a pretty good reason. Wait a minute. I also heard him say that it's the moral thing to do. We're talking about Elon Musk. I actually respect that. 
I was like, wow. Well, he now is, well, here's the moral thing to do. If he wants the subsidies from the United States government, he's getting $7.5 billion in subsidies because he's sharing <laughs> his electric network. Wow. Okay? Well, it's the moral and it's, it's the moral. profitable thing to there's, do. There's your moral thing to do, please. Okay. There's but the what rest bothers of me is, uh, What bothers me is that now he's opened it up to GM and he's in conversations with Stellantis. Which is uh, Stellantis is a Ram, Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler. Alpha. Alpha. Maserati. Fiat. Fiat. Yeah, right. Wow. Crazy. Well, you know what, though? So, this guy is one smart sucker. That's all I can tell you. He's just played it so well. You know? You can't, yeah, I've lost respect for him because I think what he did with Twitter when he said he wasn't going to... He said there were things he wasn't going to do, and he turned around and did them. Yeah. Yeah, well. And I, I don't love that, okay? I realize he's incredibly smart because look at where he is and what he's done. He's revolutionized the electric car industry in the United States. I mean, he's the largest selling car in Europe right now is a Tesla. Yeah. Well, you know That's what's crazy. As you know, entrepreneurs turn on a dime. And I just think that, um, you know, he's, he's a smart entrepreneur. He's able, you know, look, a lot of entrepreneurs will say, you know, we project this, we project that. And then guess what? It's not going their way. So guess what? They pivot. And then sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But right now I have something going on that I'm, I'm having to do a little pivot because it's not going the way I want it to go. So you pivot and then maybe things go good. But what happens is with corporate America, they don't like that entrepreneurial spirit where you pivot, you know, right. which is, you know, right. just it's not. Uh, well, I, yeah. I, I told you a dance studio with frozen yogurt wasn't a good idea and you didn't listen to me. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you are weird. You are one weird guy. You Have, bought Dale Carnegie Studios in <laughs> Oregon and it, you just can't make it go. Um, you are just so bizarre. <laughs> um, right. You I'm, are. And, you have a family event coming up in Maine. You want to give us 30 seconds on that in case somebody wants to be there? It's, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town in Maine that's not so small anymore. And my father, growing up, he put all his energies and free time and money into supporting and making the local hospital world class. And so I've taken over that charity in his absence. And it's a golf tournament away. coming up, right? It it we changed it to a boat trip. Oh, nice! Give give us the uh, website or something before we run out of time. It's uh, it's uh, you know I don't have the website. It's York Hospital slash Hancock Family Fund. Oh, there you go. All right. I just and, wanted uh, to support you, if, Josh. If you don't, if you don't give enough money, you don't come back on the boat. It's like <laughs> oh, nice. It's Gilligan's Island. All right. Uh, Josh, I have a plan. I love you, man. You're a good person. Joshcar.com. That's it for me this week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you, 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.